Five, four, three, two, one. This is flashback. Now, here comes the music. Something more befitting a man of your education. Get the situation under control, gentlemen. And now, from an undisclosed location, for good reason, it's the Midlife Crisis Show, starring Elliot Kleiner and Peter Applebaum, recorded live and unscripted, but then carefully edited. Good morning, Miss Snip, Snip, Snip. With your hair good, is as short as mine. Good morning, Miss Snip, Snip, Snip. With your hair good, is as short as mine. You are wonderful. You remain wonderful. You continue to be wonderful. <laughs> Your wonderfulness extends beyond that which you're aware. The Midlife Crisis Show. Hello and welcome back to all of our listeners who are probably sitting in the same room together where there is no shortage of chairs. Or hair. Hair. Is it overrated? Is it a problem? Is it a problem because you haven't enough? Is it a problem because you have too much? Is it a problem because it ain't where it need to be and it is where it don't need to be. It's the problem of the ages, Elliot, and I think as we lurch through our middle years, it continues to be a daily struggle for so many of us, and that's why we on the Midlife Crisis Show have taken it head on. Hair on. Head and hair on, and we're addressing it in every which way we can. Short, long. And curly. Curly, straight. Fries. Coloured, non-coloured. Frizzy. Grey being a colour. Grey being an undesirable colour. Well, it depends where it is. The one that we're most familiar with, I was horrified this week to discover a grey chest hair. Elliot, you are so behind the times. I've got more grey chest hairs than I have black chest hairs. I thought I was oversharing. You win. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. Maybe that can end up on the cutting room floor. Not a chance. And I'm talking about my grey chest hairs. That's in. That's permanent. Unlike hair. That's right. Well, I guess we can we can talk about colouring hair. Look, I don't like the idea of colouring my grey head hair, if that's what you call it, but colouring the grey chest hair, that's something that I could think about. Really? Why not? Now I'm shocked. Well, that's what I'm here for. There it is. You're a sh- you've always wanted to be one. You are now a shock jock. <laughs> and so we've got a very a large array of special guests dropping in and on the phone talking to us about hair issues today, which is fabulous because we really are going to explore the issue in great depth and colour. That's right. And we're going to Sydney, Byron Bay, Dallas. The Midlife Crisis Show goes global in this episode, ladies and gentlemen, because we're trying to get to the root of the problem. Oh, my God. Yes, I'm leaving that one in. (laughs) (laughs) And we're talking about the hair. No, I can't do that. Nope, 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 not going to happen. No, you can't do that. Not looking like that. You have to go shave. I can't shave, Marty. When I shave, it grows back out. That's what happens when you shave. But then you shave again. You have no idea. Need to create a digital marketing program? Like send out emails to prospects, create content for social media, or even develop a mobile app. You need Tick Yes. Email us at info at tickyes.com or go to our website at www.tickyes.com to see what we've done for other clients. Maybe we can help you to achieve the same sorts of results. That's tickyes.com. 
Ladies and gentlemen of the Midlife Crisis Show, it is time to introduce to you a very good friend of mine, somebody who I'm very proud and excited to have on the show. It is legendary comic genius, Mr. George Smilovich, who has just flown in from one of his many and frequent trips to Havana, Cuba. Hi, George. And are you going to play one of my tracks? Well, I wanted to ask you about the tracks that you sent. They're cool. That sounds like a whole orchestra. Yeah, that's my 12-piece orchestra, Frente Caliente. Frente Caliente. Hot front. We might actually throw that as backing music behind our chat. Cool. Look, I'm not sure what time frame I'm still on. And good evening. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, but I'm very cold and uh, I keep on falling in and out of sleep. We're talking yeah. about hair. hair. George, have you got hair? I do have hair. And uh, every, every I, I get my hair cut every uh, two weeks, pretty much on the dot. And uh, I get a cut real short, and uh, I feel uh, I feel fresh and alert, and I walk a lot faster with short hair, <laughs> um, and uh, and I make love a lot faster as well. I can do it now in under an hour. <laughs> yeah, nice try. <laughs> but I do have a, a to get my ears and nose waxed. Okay, let's about talk about the ears, trip. right? You can't every, escape every this. month. Every month, Every month waxed. I was going to ask the question, right, because I'm, I'm putting this to all the people, all the men who are within the right demographic for the show, who are guests on this particular subject. I always ask, what are you doing about the outer rim of your ears? Are you having a struggle? What method are you using? You've already told us that you wax. How often do you have to wax the outer rim of your ears? Look, with me, I start to feel messy around a month. But, you know, I've got incredible aesthetics, you know. And I think too well, you know, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, for instance. <laughs> and, and, and I sort of I liken my ears to the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. That was, they were one of the, the ancient wonders of the world, weren't they, George? That's right. That's so they right. Still, they, they're not so ancient. They're modern and they're represented by your ears. That's right. My ears, they're a metaphor. Yes, yeah. look, and I've got big ears, so the outer rim is uh, really like the circumference of Australia. My ears are like satellite dishes. I can hear things that other people can't hear. I can hear your thoughts at the moment. Oh, this will be scary. Well, they're your thoughts, man, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. tell me, are you a manscaper? No, I'm not. No, many women uh, throughout my life have asked me to Go shave scape it up down there, yeah. and I say I do not do not want any sharp objects near that region. I've often said that sharp interlocking metal teeth moving at great velocity is something that is frightening that most men would have nightmares about. But manscaping can also be on your chest, isn't it? You can also just shave down on the, the chest hair. Cuba is behind what many could regard loosely as the remnants of the Iron Curtain. And for that reason, they're a little bit more isolated. Do they have in Cuba the same kind of emotional problems with hair and the lack of it or the appearance of it in pesky locations where it's not wanted that we in the West have anxieties about? Uh, the Cubans, uh, for one thing, they're, I'd say, the, the cleanest race on Earth. They're very conscious of their appearance and their aesthetic sensibilities are, are very high. They're very fashionable people. They're not as isolated from the world as one might think. They're isolated from white goods and from money, but they're not isolated in terms of cultural knowledge or anything like that, or the arts or anything like that. Okay, but they're, they're, still, the, they're still quite vain, though. They're vain, but they're not self-conscious. For instance, Cubans... Uh, especially the women are very proud of the way they look, whether they're big, small, tall, fat, skinny, 
they love their bodies. They're proud of their shape. They're proud of of their of their image, and and they flaunt it. And the men are, are the same. Uh, a haircut in Cuba costs around two dollars, the equivalent of two dollars in Australia. So um, it's a great pleasure going to get one's haircut. I don't have to pay like you know thirty bucks or whatever it costs here in Australia. Do they look like two dollar haircuts? <laughs> no, they're great haircuts. They're really incredible. And they're much more refined. The barbers there are much more sophisticated in the way they cut your hair than they are here in Australia. You know, they, they fix the corners and they shave little bits that shouldn't be there and everything like that. You know, it's, it's beautiful. George Smelovich, always great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us today, buddy. Thank Thanks, you. George. You're fantastic. Thanks, Pete. I, I love my hair. Give me a head with hair, a long, beautiful hair. We could insert a musical interlude right. at exactly that moment. She asks me why I'm just a hairy guy I'm hairy noon and night Hair, that's a fright I'm hairy high and low Don't ask me why Don't know It's not for lack of bread like the grateful dead Darling Give me a head with hair Long beautiful hair Shining, gleaming, steaming, flax and waxing Give me down to there Hair, shoulder length or longer Here baby, there mama Everywhere daddy, daddy hair Everyone loves balloons. Did you know that balloons are also one of the most successful ways to market your business or organisation? Be noticed. Call Quick Print Balloons to have your own logo professionally printed on the finest quality balloons. We ship all over the country. Check out quickprintballoons.com.au. Greg, thank you for joining us on the Midlife Crisis Show. Tell us your story. Well... Hair is definitely not what it's made out to be. My hair didn't fall out. It just fell down, Pete. I am follically challenged. I've got more hair per square metre than most other people. And so, why is that? Uh, is that because you're a big guy or a hairy guy? Oh, maybe a bit of both. Mm. Um, I have been contemplating that, um, look, I guess most people would say that, uh, Greg, you're bald. But I know very clearly, Peter, that I have been told that uh, my face is so good looking, it's taking over the rest of my head. Right. I've actually heard stories that the fact that, uh, and this, given that, that I have a full head of hair, I've heard that the less hair you have, it's the more testosterone you have and the sexier you are. Would you agree with that, Greg? Well, I'd agree with you because uh, that's the way I've been able to rationalize my follically challenged status for a lot of my life. It happens to be much more sexy because the alternative is uh, to have a comb over 
I, um, I think there are some very, very attractive, apparently attractive um, men, and don't get me wrong here, I'm, uh, I find females very, very attractive. With, com- with comb-overs? Tra- with comb-overs. Yes. <laughs> but I can say that uh, I have been likened to Anthony Edwards from ER. I have been likened to uh, Bruce Willis uh, and, uh, and David Koch, and these bald men are um, apparently very, very attractive. So there you go. I think Bruce Willis is probably more attractive because he's the action hero type. Uh, yes. But then again, it's difficult to, to gauge this, especially when we're talking about what women find attractive, because if you ask any of those women who find him attractive bald to go back and have a look at him when he was young and had hair. In Moonlighting. In Moonlighting. That's with right. uh, And it was... Sybil Shepherd. Sybil then most of them will, will say that he was probably very good looking as a young man with or without hair. Uh, made no difference. And I think it, it has a lot to do with the characters that he plays. Well, Greg, given the initial comments you made, would you think that hair is overrated or you're, you're very proud of the hair that you have, but it's just not necessarily visible when you're wearing clothes? Well, I would say that uh, that's actually a very good point, Peter, because I... Uh, that's why they pay me the big hair, bucks, Greg. That's right. I don't think showing off the hair on my back is a very, very attractive uh, thing culturally at this particular point. If I was somewhere in the in the Mediterranean, that might be a little bit different, but it's not here in Australia. Well, the question I, the question is, do you have enough for a back comb over? Well, in actual well, that, that, fact, well, that would I, be a comb across, don't you think? <laughs> the time comes when it, when um, I shave it off when it times uh, when it's ready to plait. So I do. Um, <laughs> I do, in fact, um, maintain the back as much as I do my head. I'm sorry, yeah. I've, I've got to stop you there because the the fact that you stated when it becomes long enough to plait immediately yeah. put this image in my mind of clearly this is, has happened sufficiently enough times for you to have practised the art of plaiting your back that you know exactly when it is that it needs to be trimmed. Well, look, the fact that you're a contortionist is very impressive in and of itself. <laughs> Assuming you can't necessarily reach every hair on the back of your back, what or the front of your back, who actually does the hair plaiting, or is that too personal, Greg? Well, it's probably a little bit personal, okay, but sorry. I do. But I do manipulate the mirrors in my bathroom to make sure that I've got. <laughs> do you have those? I actually bought one of those mirrors on on the weekend for like one of those five times mirrors that's uh, good for shaving. But I guess look, they can be used for other things as well. You know, I got mine and I threw it out after the first uh, the first few moments because when I saw I look my, like that when I saw myself in five times magnification, it was really it was so frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, I think the most frightening time I've ever seen myself is uh, in one of those hotels where they do have those magnifying mirrors and just seeing the size of each whisker on my face. It's just incredible. It's like, but I but thought I, 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 sh- I shave so well. Where did all that hair come from? That's, that's right. And that's just my underarm. That's right. <laughs> so that's actually, we're, we're speaking to someone else later later in the episode about manscaping. What's your position on manscaping, Greg? Uh, upright. I would, I would probably... <laughs> Sorry. So you're excited about the prospect? <laughs> I, I, look, there are, if I manscape, I normally stand. Um, oh, I see. Oh, Sorry. Good, I, thought, good. I thought you meant something else, Greg. Go ahead, caller. Uh, uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> But if you actually if you, look, I will open up to you because you 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 uh, oh, you already have the thought. This is just you. this is just between us. Of really. course, uh, no uh, one's yes. li- no one's listening. I promise you, no one's listening. <laughs> right. Hello, hello, <laughs> no one there. That's right. Um, look, I have been known to go into the shaver shop 
and uh, I have been known to spend quite some time looking at all the devices to manage the hair that I don't have or the hair that's in the uh, culturally the wrong places. So yes, uh, my view about uh, grooming from the uh, from the face down is that I um, well, I, in fact, I have helped the shaver shop maintain its cash flow very, very nicely. Well, we actually tried to get a representative of the shaver shop on the show, and they refused. They cut us off. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to ask you something, and I'm going to ask this of many of our uh, of our callers today. On the outer rim of the ears, are we experiencing any difficulty? <laughs> any difficulty. Any. Huge difficulty. Okay. Then in, in, I go, if, I, if, we're, if we're in confessional, are we, yes. are we plucking or cutting? Oh, no. It's a, look, I'll, I'll open up with you. The pluck, the pluck is definitely the way to go, and it's almost a nightly thing because there is nothing worse than seeing a hairy ear. Great. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I understand this. And as we are in the confessional, and given there's only three of us listening to this, I will confess I have, I used to pluck the ears because they're a very sensitive part of the body. But I've got an even better solution. You go get them slapped, baby. Get go and get a what? Go get them slapped. Slapped? You, you go get them slapped. I mean, the ladies who are listening will understand this. It's this little device. It goes on your ears. It's like, it's like a, a hot rubber band. And it just kills the hair. It's wonderful. Oh God! Kills, that, you, kills, that kills your hearing as My well. My eyes are watering. What? <laughs> I do know some people that wax their uh, their noses and their ears, and I have been contemplating that, but I just don't think I've got the um, the courage to go there. All right, then you bought the nose up. So, are we talking outer or inner? Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's well, uh, most of the time it is uh, it is inner. But I'm now in my 50s, and my daughter did point out to me that there was a very rogue little hair that somehow or other popped out on the top of my nose. It happens so, like uh, that, doesn't it? I actually have a hair that regularly grows between my eyes, and it often gets pointed out to me by my family, and I actually say it's a tracking beacon. It helps me to <laughs> get where I need to go. It's, it, it's a little bit of the Borat in all of us. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Greg, you have, you've been honest, you've been raw, you've been wonderful, you've been exactly what we're looking for on the Midlife Crisis Show. Thank you. And you've answered the question very, very well as to whether hair is overrated, and we certainly believe it is not. In fact, it's over, across, and under in your case. It is. And just remember that uh, I might not be bald. Uh, well, in fact, I am bald, but my face is so good looking, it's taking over the rest of my hair. Love that. Great attitude. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, mate. Take care. Every girl dreams of this moment when her beauty, framed by a soft, romantic hairstyle, blossoms in the happiness of a bride. And now, through honeymoon days ahead, how will she keep her hair and hairstyle beautiful? Of course, she's packed gossamer among her precious things. Just a light spray of gossamer in the morning keeps her hair in lovely shape and protects it from drying sun and wind. When it's time to wash and reset her hair, she simply presses the curls into place and sprays with quick-drying gossamer. Keep your hair wedding day lovely always with gossamer. Gossamer is spectacular value. The large salon size now reduced from 21 shillings to only 16 and 6. Regular size now 12 and 6. 
As the leading event company for school formals Australia-wide, Prom Night Events have the biggest list of luxury inclusions and venues on offer. This is the formal, there's no second chance. Letting Prom Night Events do all the work for you costs less than it would to do it all yourself. They've put more students into more school formals at more Sydney venues for more years than anyone else. Prom Night Events, school formal, problem solved. Go to prom.com.au. I would like to welcome a very special guest to the Midlife Crisis Show, Maria Hallas, who's the Managing Director of Selmid and is actually our first international guest. Maria, I believe, actually comes from Hungary originally. She actually lives in Australia, but is actually now in Dallas. So, Maria, you are a truly multinational guest. Welcome to the show. Peter, Elliot, thank you very much for having me. Our pleasure. And look, one of the main reasons, apart from the fact that you are dynamic and intimidatingly wonderful, is that we wanted to speak to you, is that your company has recently launched a very interesting product called Evolus, which I think is very relevant to our topic of the week, which is hair. Is it overrated? So, Maria, tell us a little bit about Evolus. Evolus is the first scientifically and clinically validated hair loss product for 30 years, as far as topical products are concerned. Now, when I say hair loss, I'm sure that you guys think of balding middle-aged men. Exactly what I see yeah, when, I, when I look in the mirror every morning. And it's a target market of the show, Maria, so it's like that's you're hitting the sweet spot there. Now, I would like to broaden your target market because... So would we. So would we. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't just affect balding middle-aged men. In fact, we have recently done a research and it shows that 30% of women over 18 and half or men over 25 experience extensive hair loss. Wow. So when you look at the people who suffer from hair loss, it's actually not the balding middle-aged men only, but the majority of the population. So, you know, when we saw this product, the first thing, we're scientists, we're a biotechnology company, and we got really excited of the science. You know, FGF5, many people can't even pronounce it, but it's a protein that we all have. It sits in the scalp, and the more of this protein you have, the more likely that you have hair loss. That all sounds really great, but, of course, since the mid-90s, people around the world and large companies like L'Oreal, Revlon, J&J have been looking for something that stops that protein from making the hair fall out. Lo and behold, there comes this Japanese group, Japanese Institute of Science and Technology, and they've developed an inhibitor to this protein. Then there comes this small biotech company from Australia, finds this technology, gets really excited and brings it to Australia. And we find that Lots of people are interested in this product. My understanding from having a look at the uh, the history of the product and the development through your website is that you utilise your own experience as a bit of a case study here. Uh, I would love it if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about your own experience with thinning hair as being the catalyst, if you like, for how you've become involved with the development of this product. That was um, at a time when I was much younger than you guys, and I certainly don't belong to the, the population that you're talking about around middle age people with midlife crisis. Of course, you're you're in your um, early 30s, Maria. Exactly. So nevertheless, I belong to the population that was over 18, female, experiencing hair loss for many years by that stage. We found this product, we got excited about the size, couldn't buy the company, it was too expensive, but I walked away with some products. And over a period of two months in Hungary, uh, on holiday over Christmas, I used the shampoo 
I returned and my hairdresser said to me, what are you doing to your hair? And I said to him, leave me alone. You know, you know, I tried everything. Nothing works. He said, no, 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 no. Your hair is growing out. And so I got very excited and we tried to get the product and we literally couldn't order it from the Japanese website. So I went back. We got the license for the product for Australia. We did test marketing and the short end of the long story is that two years later in 2013, we actually bought the Japanese company eventually with the technology. So we, today we now own this technology and we've got a global ability to launch this product, which wow. we are currently doing. That's fantastic. Look, I, I, I'm still recovering from the fact that you said you were scientists and, and you're on the Midlife Crisis show. So it's like, you're way too intelligent for this show, Maria. Look, I, I'm actually not a scientist. I think my scientists who work for me would be offended to hear that I say <laughs> I'm a scientist. So you're but in the I, same boat as us, which is even sadder. <laughs> and what I saw is that this is a solution to a problem that's existed for a long time that had real, no real solution and no woman or man should feel the way certain products make you feel when you use them. So, you know, yes, personal experience, but also really just um, seeing what the market opportunity was there. It's actually interesting you, you've taken us through almost the behind the scenes of the development of this product where what we as uh, Joe and Jane Public see is the advertising and the images and all the beautiful things and all the... But it, it's just interesting <laughs> to hear how it has evolved from a product point of view, whereas from, as I say, what we as the public see is mainly the uh, the marketing. So. You're now spending a lot of time and effort on the marketing and taking it out to the Australian market and also potentially trying to globalise it as well? Indeed. I think this is a global problem. Uh, we have amazingly good reception from other markets that Australia we are selling in Japan. And, you know, it's not a secret. We are a public company, but we've been telling the market that uh, we'll be hitting some goals this year around sales. So, But the most important thing, especially to our listeners, is that it does work. There is a product out there that is actually backing up the claims with real science and real research and real results that so many other products for so many years that you could almost call, uh, you know, snake oil salesmen uh, have been pushing to make claims that they have evidence that things work when in fact there's no scientific basis to uh, to support what they're doing. So we've actually now got gotten to the point, and I knew we always would, where we've got a product. We've got a team of qualified scientists that have actually done extensive research to develop and to document exactly what the processes are. And we now have a product that works and we can prove it. That in itself is really, really exciting because we're not just making claims anymore that we've got something that we think may help. We've actually got a product that shows real results and it works. And, and I guess the other thing to add to that, Maria, is whilst it was developed in Japan, you have taken it on as a, an Australian product as such, and you're creating the success from Australia and reaching out to the rest of the world, which I think is wonderful. Look, I, I, I think it was important for us that we make it our own, and this is why we've spent time with the formulation and really understanding what is the best way to use this product, this technology, for maximum benefit. It reduces hair loss by 80% over 16 weeks. It increases the rate of hair growth by about 20% and increases the rate of hair follicles that are growing by about 40%. So these are remarkable results. That's fantastic. These are fantastic numbers. They are. And I must say, that as an old advertising man, we used to say, if you've got something to say, you say it. 
If you don't have anything to say, you entertain. So I guess point you're proving, Maria, is that you've actually got a lot to say when it comes to Evolus. And I might add for the listeners, Maria is not, and Evolus is not a sponsor of the show. We're just genuinely impressed and interested in the Evolus story because I think it's quite compelling. Look, thank you for the forum to give us this opportunity. I suffer from hair loss. So I actually understand what how people feel. And um, the fact that it worked for me gave us the impetus to go into it and, and develop it. So so at the end of the day, the product works. It's called Evolus. We're going to have some details about that on our website. And we invite anybody who's got concerns about hair loss to go and take a look at this. Maria, thank you so much for your time in uh, late night in Dallas. And I hope it goes well. And as I say, we'll certainly put more information about Evolus on the website or at least on the Facebook page. Thank you, Peter and Elliot. Thanks. Another important announcement from Brill Cream. Men, beware. Use one dab of Brill Cream. Just a little dab makes your hair look excitingly clean, disturbingly healthy. This man dared to use two dabs. Now he's in trouble. We refuse to be responsible. Brill Cream, a little dab will do ya, or watch out, the gals will all pursue ya. If you need a dynamic and effective new website or to communicate with your customers using a variety of digital tools, call Interactive Investor. Household name clients like Westfield Group, Telstra and the Australian World Orchestra trust us to help them with their digital communication needs, and you can too. Call us on 0292526696 or just go to www.interactiveinvestor.com com.au to find out more. Ron, there has been a great deal of feedback about this wonderful photograph of this charismatic Hirsute man on the Midlife Crisis Show Facebook page, and that is the one and only Ron, who's now currently on the phone. Welcome, Ron. G'day, Peter. Thanks for having me. It's uh, going to be a lot of fun to be here, I hope. Well, that's what we hope. Otherwise, we'll cut you out. <laughs> Ron, I've got to uh, I've got to say that photo has drawn a lot of uh, a lot of attention and commentary, and I wanted to put my own two bobs worth here. I think you look in that photo, which I'm hoping and praying and hope you're going to set straight, is not how you look every morning when you woke up, as a photo of the love child of Joaquin Phoenix and Spike Milligan on a bad day. I think that's a compliment, Elliot. I'll, I'll, I'll take it as such anyway. Um, well, whether I liked it or not, for quite a while I did. Uh wake up to that every uh, every morning the mirrors didn't crack so that was okay and I, think, I guess. and I think look I think what Elliot just an extension of what Elliot said it's it's even a, a biological miracle because it's they're both male <laughs> I wasn't gonna go there yeah, are you telling me that I can't get in touch with my feminine side Pete well Ron I'd like to think you can and there's a hell of a lot there we can tell we could throw <laughs> we could throw a Phyllis Diller in the mix to make it biologically possible. Well, we can have a balanced argument and throw in Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, I'll run with that, I think. I'm hearing, I'm hearing crickets. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you've lost me with that one, Pete. We were going well for a while there, She's Sinead O'Connor's a bit of a stretch, I have to say. Oh, well, we like having a balanced argument at the Midlife <laughs> Crisis show. Well, there's nothing balanced about my head, that's for sure. Well, to that point, Ron, we're talking about hair and whether it's overrated. What's your opinion? Because you're a man that seems to have a very firm and uh, plentiful position on the subject. Personally, I don't I think it's overrated. I, I don't necessarily understand what the big deal is about a, a, a bloke in his 50s growing his hair. I mean, I probably started, uh, no, not probably, it was about uh, in my early 40s, I just decided to grow my hair for a bit, and then uh, one of my daughters said something to me, and uh, 
it was like a red rag to a bull and that was the end of the section and um, I'd, I'd run a buzz cut for about 10 years decided just to grow it for a few months and she asked me if I was going to grow a ponytail in which case I hadn't thought of that and I looked her in the eye and she was all of 12 and I said yeah it might be a good idea she looked me right back in the eye and just said you're such a loser <laughs> so it's basically a decade long I told you so is that right well it was and then I, and then uh, I got threatened a few times and uh, I did make a deal with my wife um, one day and uh, I, I promised that I'd cut it at a certain point and that certain point arrived about a year and a half down the track and she hadn't said anything about it. I said, oh, that's all right, I'll keep it going. And then she uh, squared me up a few days later and said, do you remember that deal? And, you know, you've got to make good. So off it came and even the barber wouldn't do it straight away. He went, <laughs> he went to his boss and said, he just told me to cut all his hair off. He said, if that's what the client wants and he wants a number one. <laughs> so he, he wanted to charge double, is that right? <laughs> I think he was yeah. in tears as well. Matter of pricing. Did you did you find that there was, a, like, were people, members of the public, uh, kind of shunning you and, like, taking an extra seat further down on the bus and giving you that extra space walking past you in the street and so forth? Uh, no, I leave that sort of good behaviour to my family, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ron? Uh, no, strangers were quite accommodating, actually. I mean, I guess it is a bit different. I've never been one, probably, uh, to shirk from... Oh, not massively different, but it, but it's a sort of so what. I don't think it's overrated. I quite like the long hair. I, I know that. I think it looks fantastic. It, it uh, looks the right thing for a man of my vintage or whatever. But but hey, what the. Exactly. I think it looks wonderful. Let me ask you a question, Ron, on, on the emotional side, because you were talking about getting in touch with your feminine side. Is the fact that you've got quite a bit of hair above your neck, Does that are you overcompensating for a complete lack of hair below your neck? Or is that it, too personal? It only took you five minutes to get to the nitty-gritty, Pete. Well, this, um, which, as I say, uh, Ron, it's, it's, only, it's only the three of us talking here. <laughs> That's handy to know. My PR people told me this was a great show to do. Exactly. The word's getting out there. So there's going to be your wife listening and saying, oh, Ron, really? Again? Uh, there's, a, there's a distinct possibility of that. Um, in answer to the question about uh, above the neckline and below the neckline, I have to say, for whatever reason, whichever deity you believe in has decided that I should be rather her student in other parts. Okay. Is that, uh, All right. Is that just enough information? That's enough like information. Look, I think uh, just to, to, to compliment the photo we already have on Facebook, please send another photo of below the neckline. No, I'm only joking. Our previous you, caller was talking... You might recover. That's right. Well, our previous caller was talking about plaiting his, uh, the hair on, the, on his back. And he was talking about a comb over on the top and we were talking about a comb across on his back. So we're just probably getting into areas we didn't expect to. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's key information, Ron. That's never, it's never too much information when you talk about that type of hair. <laughs> My um, athletic days are, uh, are probably well and truly gone and it's hard to believe sporting the body that I still do. That's right. Uh, but I've decided not to go aerodynamic anymore. Do you find that you, um, you pass uh, or engage in your daily life men with significantly less hair who did have a choice in the matter who uh, look at you either enviously or jealously <laughs> one, one could become very big-headed answering a question like that uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily think there are too many men jealous of me period but in terms of the follically challenged uh, friends that I have uh, no I don't think they're jealous I think they think it's great that I'm able to do it I, I guess maybe if, you know I've never been in that position I might be at some stage down the track but at the moment I'm just running with it so <laughs> Can, can I ask a, a, a personal question? Well, look, there have been many personal questions we've asked here. Do you actually shampoo your beard? 
that is an interesting question. It, it is nice to give it a bit of a, a, a wash through with some soapy uh, uh, substances every now and then, but I've got to, I've, I do have to lay myself bare here at this moment. I have partially shaved down. <gasps> I know. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first on the Midlife Crisis Show. Ron has shaved down. As is uh, as is my wont on occasion. Uh, I don't know what happened last Sunday afternoon, but I just happened to walk past a, a barber's and let's just do it. So the beard's gone. The hair is still well and truly there. So what you're saying is the photo we have on Facebook is in fact false and misleading advertising. And N- not true. Okay, but so you reckon it's coming back? You're just letting uh, nature look, have its I'm, way. I'm, I'm sporting two days of the best two-day stubble you've seen. Oh, you haven't seen Elliot and I, Ron. We're looking pretty rough and pretty ready. And we're going to put photos on Facebook. And I'd like to have the kind of before barber, after barber shot of you too. So can you send us a uh, an after barber shot so that we can uh, do we a comparison? We could try and uh, organise that sometime later. Are you happy with the stubble or do you want me to go clean as? Oh, just it, it doesn't even need to be one today, but any time. We just want you to be yourself, Ron. Stubble's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noted Peter's rough and ready comment. I kind of like that sort of thing. No, 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 let's stop there. We can, we can talk offline, Ron. <laughs> let's talk offline. Thanks for calling, Ron. We'll talk to you later. You're a, you're a star, Ron. Thank you. Good on you guys. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. I think I'm so educated and I'm so civilised Cos I'm a strict vegetarian But with the overpopulation and inflation and starvation And the crazy politicians I'm not sure Susan qualifies for the narcissism factor. I think Susan qualifies brilliantly for the narcissism factor. The Midlife Crisis Show, we're back. And we have in the studio our special guest, Susan Workner, who for this particular subject is the person I wanted to speak to the most for several reasons, not the least of which is that she gives us the female perspective. But at the same time, she has a magnificent mane of long blonde locks that would be the envy of just about any woman alive. Oh, thank you, Elliot. What a wonderful introduction. Well, you realise I have to apologise for being so late for the show. You know why, of course, don't you? I'm going to hear it, I suspect. Yes, it took me two hours to blow dry my hair before I could get here. Two hours to blow dry hair. Now, if we added that up... And that's every single hair was being blow dried. That's why it took so long. Do we do it every day? Yes, nearly every day. It's it's a woman's obsession. And as one gets older, one not that I am older, of course. Or or even getting older. Or even getting older. So in the course of an average year, according to my pocket calculator, you spend 30.4 days, full 24-hour days of your year, blow-drying your hair. So one month a year for your hair, Susan. How does that make you feel? Well, it makes me feel that I'm definitely above average because I must spend three months, I think. Well, it just seems that long. <laughs> it's worth it. 
It is worth it. You've had no. the results. Look, I have friends of mine that go every Saturday, a lot of older ladies, much older, of course. Uh, who in, in, their, are, in their middle years. In their middle years, who have regular Saturday morning appointments. It's very Hungarian, darling. To get just blow-dried. That's it. Nothing just, else. Just to get their wash, cut and blow-dried. Oh, ready cut for as the well. Week. Yes, cut as well or trimmed. Not always trimmed, but wash and blow dry for the following week. I was going to say, how much trimming would you need in, in just a week? Well, trimming is once every six weeks. It's very precise. Once well, we every had, six weeks. We had George to- who has a haircut every two weeks. And I'm thinking, wow, that's very impressive. Talking about getting your, your hair washed and blow dried, it takes me back some years ago. I remember a young lady was washing my hair, which I used to love just before getting a haircut. And it was a Saturday. And she said, so uh, what are we doing tonight? I said, I don't know. What do you want to do? I think she was horrified. I think it was a matter of speech. Did she give you a better hair wash? No, I didn't even get the massage after that. I was, <laughs> I, let's just say I went under the knife soon thereafter. Hair. Well, hair. You know, what's, what, you know what, what I think is very important for women, which men don't understand? Hair products. Now, hair products are something I'm not sure if you've, you've discussed hair products, but I would probably have at least 34 different hair products, including a volus, of course. Of course. I of actually course. think women are the biggest suckers when it comes to inverted commas beauty treatments. If you're talking about hair products and potions and lotions and perfumes, that's why there are multi, multi-billion dollar industries focused on you silly women buying these ridiculous products because you're beautiful naturally. You silly women... You heard it here first on the Midlife Crisis Show. <laughs> well, I'm not sure and about silly the, women. And that's the last time you'll ever hear of me. If you think about looking at a woman, her hair as a source of attraction for the opposite sex is very important. Well, don't you want to do it for yourself? Of course. Of course you do it for yourself. But let's face it, we are all visual creatures. And I think looking at women, other women admire other women's hair, by the way. That's something else that's very important. I thought men were quite lucky in that women are far less discerning about how men look than men are about how women look. Well, of course. That goes back to the old, old uh, saying that women to look perfect, but men are naturally perfect. Absolutely true. And the unfortunate thing, for, I think, for women is that as men get older, Not they silly look women, better. just women. Yes. But so do women. women. Women also like fine wine, age beautifully, and if they've got a beautiful glossy head of hair, you can't go wrong. That's absolutely true. And you can drink in their beauty. Mm, I think hair, good hair equals good confidence for women. Really? That's a big statement. I think so. Big statement. Well, I think you look at a woman who has a beautiful head of hair and that's a confident woman. Okay, so if she's got a great head of hair but the rest of her has actually gone to seed, that's all she needs. That's it. Doesn't matter. Hair, Hair, it's all about the hair. Have you ever worn a wig? Let me think. That's a telling question. That's a telling question. And a a telling pause. Yes, I have worn a wig. I must admit, I went to a wonderful party with uh, one of the uh, guests on this show or speakers on the show. Mm-hmm. It was an I Dream of Jeannie That's party. Right. That's and right. I wore a blonde wig to have the I Dream of Jeannie hair. But belly you already button, have the, the I Dream of Jeannie hair. <laughs> and the belly button was banned. <laughs> it was. That was very controversial. That'll have to be That's another true. show. It I was. Think, That's right. Should we should ban, we the, ban belly the belly button? button? Banning the right, belly button. There it is. I've got to get this out there. I want every man who wears a toupee to understand that everybody knows. You are wearing a toupee and you think that nobody knows. We all know. We all know for several reasons. I have a friend who's not really a friend because he doesn't have any friends. Nobody likes him very much. He went bald at a very, very early age. I think in his late teens, he he started to go completely bald very quickly. And for all of that time since then, and he's in his 50s now, He's been wearing a hairpiece that looks like a piece of wet liver sitting on the top. 
<laughs> On the top of his head, he's convinced that nobody knows. He even has purchased an array of dress watches that are all black-faced with flat glass. And the purpose of that is that he uses them as covert mirror to check that his hairpiece has not moved out of place when he's in a social situation. You've got to give him credit for that. That's pretty inventive. That's pretty inventive to think that. Can I actually make a comment about hairpieces? Well, actually, it's, it's more the, the idiot half-brother of the hairpiece, and that's men who colour their hair. Now, I know that's a very controversial position, and I've been criticised for other controversial positions on this show, but I think men colouring their hair is not on. I've tried it. I'll confess. While we're in the confessional. Many confessions on the Midnight Crisis show. We confessed about ear, ear plucking and, I've done it. and electrolysis. Hey. And it didn't go well. Well, you're a very good looking man, Elliot. You don't need to. This is to. true. I, hey, you know, I did it on a dare, as I do most of the stupid things I do in my life, mm. on a dare. The first thing that struck me, and this is actually kind of interesting, and, and Zhuzhi, you can speak to this too. Mm. When I went to the supermarket seeking just for men, which is the product that's so heavily advertised and perfect for guys and so forth, I went to the, to the aisle of the supermarket where all the hair colouring products are. And what I noticed was for men, there were five. There were five colours. There were five shades. And there they were. On the middle shelf, just below eye level, just for men, five different shades. Choose your shade. On the opposite side of the aisle, there was the women's section with the hair colouring. There were 240 <laughs> shades. That's correct. <laughs> that is true. And I, I was looking for light brown. And there it was. I put my hand straight on light brown. When I looked at the opposite side of the aisle, there were 58 <laughs> light browns. Well, well that, that takes me back to my very stupid comment about silly women. Women, I believe, are infinitely more intelligent than men. But when it comes to matters of their looks, they're so silly. For that reason. No, I beg to differ. That, in fact, shows you exactly the difference that people have been saying for centuries, the difference between the male and the female brain. Because the female can actually discern 250 shades of colouring, whereas the marketers know that men can't. But why? That's do, why they give no, them simple the choices. I think the marketers know that men don't want to. That's right. They just want to get in, get <laughs> they out. They care about how many different shades it's of light brown black, there are. Black, brown, or that's it. No, yeah. there are 250 shades, and a woman's extraordinary perceptions of shade and colour and light allow them to discern uh, which one is going to be the right you are shade for them. You're a marketer's dream. You are a marketer's <laughs> dream. I thought you were going to say you're a marked woman. <laughs> you are Maybe a marked, a marked woman too. In 42 shades of light brown. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Well, I actually have a friend of mine who has that runs the laser clinic. And the laser clinics, as you know, are doing huge business. So there's different laser clinics for hair removal. I'm hair removal. Kidding. Okay. Yes. We just want to stipulate. Hair removal laser. This is one of the many different methodologies for removing unwanted hair, which is something that most women don't want to talk about. There's electrolysis. There's the plucking. There's the waxing. There's, uh, That's it. there's, there's the, the this and there's the, the that. Every thing. Hair there is are everything. chemicals. There, there, there's oh acid. There's all sorts of stuff. And the one that you're talking about is, I'm sorry. Well, the laser hair laser. removal. So hair removal. So so the so women care a lot about the hair they have. But they're also very conscious of hair they don't want to have. So lasering is very important. Lasering. Lasering your hair. That goes back to the conversation about science. and. Uh, so that's what it does. It's a permanent solution to this problem. Yes. It is a near permanent solution. Near permanent. Near permanent. 
Not totally. Because if I ran and, and, a business it's that was specifically my revenue generation potential was return customers, mm. I would probably be doing myself a tremendous disservice Correct. by Which making it Which is why it's it only near-permanent. Near-permanent. <laughs> near-permanent near hair loss. I can see it now. Those marketers would go crazy. You know, I'll bet it's probably possible to do permanent and they just dial it down Correct. a little bit. I think well, you, well, you have to buy them in packets of five or ten visits. So you're right. You do They do right. rope you in. There it so is. you can't have it just once. But I, as, as I was saying, so my friend also does laser, uh, laser, for, uh, laser surgery for eyes. For short-sighted people, you have laser surgery. What, you have hair on your eyes? eyes? No, but th what was interesting is the same laser they use for your eyes, they use for this near-permanent hair removal. That's scary. It is rather scary, isn't it? So what do they do on the eyes that is near-permanent? Well, um, they shave your cornea so you actually can see better if you're short-sighted. So my friend always said to me, he always asked me when I met him, he said, Susan, you know what my favourite market is, don't you, my target market for my business? I said, no. He said, short-sighted, hairy people. So that was his target market for his business. I can see it now. This is, the, this is the, the, the typical scenario on a Saturday morning in your local suburban shopping mall. Hi, madam. Oh, how are you? Welcome back. <laughs> Sit down. Have a, have a seat here. I'll just put the gown around you. Would you like a cup of tea? Here's a Women's Weekly for you. Um, just, I'll just snip the hair here and I'll just laser your eyes while we're at it. That's, That's right. It. That's, That's it. right. Good business. It's called multi-skilling, something men have no idea about, Elliot. That's the point. Susan, thanks so much for joining us. I think Thank we've covered you, a lot Elliot. of dangerous ground. Exactly. This I'm sure it, it doesn't get better. No. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you, Peter. Oh, don't let the hot sun dry out your hair. Better use Vitalis. Summer sun, the wind, the water, all make your hair dry as the desert. New Vitalis hair tonic with V7 stops summer dryness. Yes, greaseless Vitalis with wonder-working V7 does wonders for your hair and for you, too. If you want to make time with your girl, better use Vitalis. <laughs> you know what I mean. We have Michael on the phone who has told us very confidentially, which is why he wants it broadcast to the world on the Midlife Crisis Show, that he is a reformed manscaper. Yes, this is correct. Very much uh, due to uh, female feedback. I'm in my sort of mid to late 30s now, but during my mid to late 20s when I was on the single scene, I was open to, to trying a whole range of different things to try and set yourself apart from the crowd and it's amazing the feedback you get. Okay, so we're, we're going to stay on message here. So it's like when it, when it comes to trying all sorts of different things, that's probably going into traverses us into other I episodes. was keeping it on topic. Oh, I on topic. We've got to stay on message. It elsewhere. I just want to wind it back a moment. Can we <laughs> actually hear from you what some of the feedback from females was? Are you willing yes. to divulge some of the are awful we, things they said to you? Are we talking about manscaping uh, or other things that they said to Michael? No, we're, we're, we're keeping it on topic. Here, okay, thank you. <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. So, keep it on. Keep it very follicle-related. So uh, during the, obviously, the single scenes, you'd um, tried various different forms of manscaping, whether it's waxing or all these debilitary creams, all these various different types on the chest. And it's amazing um, after you're doing this that you think it's a, a good idea, but uh, going around the pub scene, you survey girls whether they prefer a hairy chest or a manscaped chest, and the majority of girls prefer uh, they want a man, and a man in their eyes is a man with hair on his chest. So I call it fur. Like my, my, my kids used to look at my chest and say, Dad, that's fur, that's disgusting. And you know what? I think they were probably right. I love the way that you say you this and you that. Like you try this and you shave your chest and you that. And, and you're making it sound almost as if, oh, come on, guys, you know what I'm talking about. We've all done this. 
Uh, hello. <laughs> you know this is the midlife crisis show, Michael. We're having many yeah. crises and hair loss and hair in the wrong places is one of those or two of those. I've never used a debilitary cream on my chest. I just want to get it out there. Uh, you, you know, you're an island. You're not among friends when you say that. <laughs> that's right. At, at least for the next five or ten minutes, Michael. But that's why you're but on the show. You've got a different point I, of view. I must admit, after my very first attempt of manscaping was uh, my getting my chest waxed at a, um, at a waxing specialist. And I too, after that, I have a newfound respect for women and the pain that they go, oh go through on a, on, a, on a weekly basis. Now, you've, you've been very open. And this, as Elliot says, is the confessional. So we're talking manscaping, Michael. And you know where I'm going with this. Yes. You know exactly You're heading where south, are you? heading, I'm heading south down Mexico way, baby. Did that ever cross your mind? Yes and yes, depending on what your next question is going to be. Okay, and thoughts, comments, discussion points? Uh, it definitely. See, this is an interesting topic where, um, from if you head north from the waist up, uh, obviously women prefer um, prefer the the manly look with the as you referred to it, Peter's the the fur. But sometimes uh, they uh, they would appreciate a bit of. Um, uh, gardening downstairs, shall we say. All right, so you've heard it here, and this comes from a leading authority on the subject, somebody who has field tested with strangers... And in the come, pub. In the pub, and come up Where? with data to suggest that the navel is the equator of the scenario. Yeah. Everything above the equator is supposed to be hairy. Everything beneath the equator... The southern is hemisphere. Supposed, yep, the southern hemisphere yep. is supposed to be smooth and hairless. And this is smooth, from leading smooth authority. Sailing, smooth sailing, in <laughs> fact. The, the, the only caveat I would put on that is potentially the back. Which has got to be one or the other? Well, I, I think there's a, there's a preference amongst women that is like, like a bit of hair here or there is okay, but if it's getting crazy and out of control, I think... Uh, I know what you mean, would, because we did from a previous caller hear stories of back plaiting. Or, com or comb downs on their back. Comb acrosses. Comb acrosses or comb downs. Look, we, we always, I think of otters when I think of hair on the back, but I've actually been told by friends who I poke fun at about their hairy backs, they say, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought it's, he said poke fun. <laughs> no, we're talking Pokemon, which is next week's episode. Yes, it is. Look out. No, so poking fun, they say, no, it's very masculine to have hair on your back. I just think uh -huh. it makes you look like an ape. Very true. We've been talking to all of our callers, all of our male callers, about a common problem that we all face, and I wanted to get your spin on this as well. Okay? Yeah. So this is a very serious topic, and I need you to just concentrate and give me, without pause and without reflection, a very honest answer. As opposed to all the other answers you've just given us, Michael. Yes, I'm, I'm offended by that, but anyway, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm still here. The outer rim of your ears. Problem? Or no problem. Discuss. If, if problem is there, how do you how do you uh, attack it? How do you deal yes, with that? Yes, there's a problem. And it's amazing how I'm a plucker when it comes to, to doing that area. Please confirm that word, Michael. Plucker. Yeah, I thought you he heard said, it with a P. Yeah, I you thought heard he a said P. plucker. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Go ahead. Don't take this down into the gutter, Peter. We've already been there. That's right. Um, That's Southern, he Southern Hemisphere. Go ahead. <laughs> but it's amazing. Like, I'll, I'll go to the toilet and then I'll look in the mirror and I'll go, hang on a minute, there's some... Uh, there's some hair there and I'll pluck it out and then the next day it's somehow miraculously come back again. So it's a, it's a constant uh, daily struggle. So you'll pluck a hair out yep. and then the next day it'll be half I don't a, know whether, it'll be there again half a centimetre. I don't know whether it's made, some, it's made some friends or not or it, whether another one that was small the day before has somehow uh, grown overnight. But uh, I think you're basically showing that you're a very virile man, Michael. Cause you're am hair, I a bit vain? No, virile and vain. <laughs> but that's okay. On the ear hair thing, I just want you to know that you're not alone, buddy. We're fellow sufferers yeah. here, Michael.
I've, e- I've even taken the attempt of, and I've been a bit nervous doing this on the um, on the real outside part of the year of getting the uh, the razor blade to um, to get rid of some of the year on the outside. But I've I've been a bit nervous. It's only been probably three or four times. But I've, every uh, man's every man listening, their thighs just clenched. You're you're talking about the you're, you're talking about threatening cartilage shaving, the reduction of the actual size of your ear, and you don't want to sneeze when you're doing that. You'll take a lobe no. off. This is getting into pretty kinky, crazy areas, Michael. It's like, I, I didn't expect this. I thought we were just talking about hair. I thought you said you fully expected this, which is why you wanted to ring Michael <laughs> no, in the first place. I said, I said Michael was going to be fully sick. That's what I said Michael was going to be. Uh, well, I don't know whether I've exceeded or I'm below your expectations. No, but look, you've, you've exceeded. I think you're right on the money. Exactly. But exactly. The thing that I get there, the thing that annoys the crap out of me is when I go get a haircut and then part of my expectation uh, when I get a haircut is that they might tidy up some area around the ears with the hair and then you come home and you look in the mirror and then you've still got to do some, um, I don't know what we refer to that, whether that's manscaping around the ears. The truth is we all do look for, at this age, a hairdresser or a barber that's going to sort of look at the holistic approach to your hair management issues. I went and had my hair cut day before yesterday and they trimmed my eyebrows for me. I thought that was rather nice. Of course, they'll trim the sides and get it all looking right and blend it in and whatever and shave the neck and so forth. You kind of expect that. But what I didn't expect is that they pulled out a set of clippers and actually used an appropriate length comb to trim my eyebrows to what they thought was the appropriate length. And uh, the first thing that struck me was... Wow, were they that out of control that I didn't notice? Well, you had the you had the John Howard circa nineteen seventy five thing happening with your eyebrows earlier. It was like like Robert Menzies meets Ro- John Howard, and it was uh, it was bushy. Listen, oversharing is a personal thing, and that's what the midlife crisis show is all about, Michael. But I know we're going off topic here, but um, you're talking about haircuts. But the head massage when you get your haircut that's a that's a nice value add as well. That's, yeah, we talked about the head massage. I got into a lot of trouble with our previous guest. Sorry, we, we, I, didn't, I didn't want to take this off topic. But well, well, he wasn't supposed to be talking about the happy ending part of it. <laughs> Neither was I, Elliot. I just was uh, getting fresh with the young lady and was being being a smart aleck and she didn't get it. And then she thought, uh, I, she thought I was asking her out for a date and it just, I didn't get much of a massage after that. What, what does that always happen to you, Pete? I know. I'm so misunderstood, Michael. It's just not fair. And now you understand the genre of the show. Exactly. Misunderstood. Exactly. But we are getting to the heart of it. And the back of it. And the hair of it. And the front of it. Michael, you have been fantastic. Thank you so much for pulling over to the side of the road and being part of the Midlife Crisis Show and giving us absolutely no clarity whatsoever. But your experiences at the pub have illuminated us and the audience in no small measure. Well, thank you both. And it's uh, it's exceeded my expectations. So uh, thank you again. Thanks, Michael. And don't forget to listen. Yes, absolutely. And share. Here we have another issue. We've tackled it head on. We've tackled it hair on. We've tackled it hair off. Have we helped anybody? I certainly don't think so. Probably not, but we've had fun along the way. It's been a journey. And it's a journey that is never ending. A journey of discovery, a journey of confessional, a journey of overshare. And too much information. And that's what this show is all about. The Midlife Crisis Show. We look forward to having you back with us next opportunity, which will be Pokemon Go Day. That's right. We're going to explore the most critical subject of the moment, and that is Pokemon Go is an alien plot to abduct our young. And I think it's working. We'll explore that next week. Thanks for joining us, and goodbye. Goodbye.